asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing quitting your job the right way. Yeah, it's pretty clear from the title of this episode what we're going to talk about. Uh, we were just, actually, before we hit record, we were talking about the flight attendant who, uh, <laughs> this is a while ago, like, was it 10 years ago, roughly? At least. The uh, the, the flight attendant who quit by pulling the escape hatch uh, <laughs> while on the runway. Going you know, down the slide. The, the inflatable slide. Yeah, the inflatable slide with a couple of beers. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what we're talking about today is... Quitting the opposite way. Uh, not doing it that way. <laughs> the exact opposite. And so we will go into detail later on during this episode. Real quick though, man, we wanted to talk about the How to Money socks that we just ordered. I'm sure folks have been waiting for this announcement. <laughs> <laughs> it was episode 500 where we talked about sending out some merchandise to listeners whose uh, money tip we featured on the show. And it has taken us this long to actually get that all figured out. Uh, bottom line, we were talking with uh, the nice folks over at Sock Fancy, going back and forth on the design, trying to figure out what's going to work. Uh, and we finally placed the order we're really excited. They look awesome. We are really excited to uh, to share those with, with y'all. Definitely, it's the most money I've ever paid for socks before. <laughs> I, I don't normally buy 100 pairs of socks at once. That's because um, you don't get your socks at Costco, where they well, force you to <laughs> buy them at least 100 pairs at a time. Well, in the same way, you do get that quantity discount, which we got. Uh, but even still, we received the invoice, and we're getting ready to pay it. And uh, we're like, oh, I wonder if we can maybe score some sort of discount, some sort of sale, see if there's any promo codes that they're offering. We wouldn't be the hat of money guys if we didn't try. <laughs> Naturally, we reached out. And it turns out... I mean, I mean, we did get to know them over the past couple of weeks as you, know, you go back and forth, you kind of build a relationship, you build some rapport. And the guy was like, hey, you know what? 
You got it. You guys will get the friends and family discount, which was a 10% discount code. And so we were able to, to score a deal on the How to Money Socks, and which you, is only appropriate. You didn't even have to marry his sister, Matt, to, <laughs> in order to get it. No. Uh, and so we wanted to share this because we think that in most situations, it is okay to ask for a discount. Obviously, there are going to be some situations where it's inappropriate, uh, specifically when you're dealing with like a corporation and you're standing in the checkout line at the grocery store. Like They're not going to just be like, oh yeah, let me give you 10% off. That's that's not normally going to be the case. No, but I will ask for the actual price that's reflected on the sticker on the aisle where I got the item, and because sometimes it'll ring up incorrectly, and I'll, oh, oh, I'll, I'll wait patiently for the price correction. <laughs> Push back a little bit. <laughs> but in a lot of cases, especially when you're dealing with individuals, you can ask for a discount, and oftentimes it comes down to how it is that you ask for yes. that discount. We talked about this back in episode 377, and... In a similar fashion, it comes down to how you quit because you can go about it the wrong way, uh, just like you can ask for a discount the wrong way. But we think that there is a right way and a wrong way to do everything. So just like asking for a discount, that's what we're talking about today, quitting the right way. You got to do it with finesse. You got to do it with style. Yeah. And similarly, there is a way that you could have asked for this discount and it would have been much easier for this guy to say no. And I could have made his job very easy uh, (laughs) to charge us the full asking price. Right. But there are ways you could have gotten shut down really quickly just by the way that you asked. And and similarly, the way that you quit can impact your future job prospects and your immediate future, especially we're going to talk about people going back to work for the company that they quit. And so if you end up doing that poorly, well, that's not really an option anymore. But we'll get to all that in just that's a minute. True. First, Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on this episode. It's called Bumblestick Nut Brown Ale by Bramari Brewing. We will give our thoughts on this cinnamony beer uh, at the mm-hmm. end of the episode. But okay, so let's talk about quitting your job and doing it the right way. And it just it's talking about quitting, talking about you know asking for a deal, talking about all sorts of... There's, there's just a right and a wrong way to do almost everything. It makes me think of putting your toilet paper on the toilet paper holder. I think, personally, that there is a right way and a wrong way to do this. So many people have the toilet paper coming out the bottom out like the crazy back, people. With, with, with it dispensing against the wall? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's where my hand is. I am uh, on the wall side. No, no, I'm across from the wall. Yeah. Like, are you crazy? But I... obviously, the toilet paper uh, should be coming out uh, the top, right? Like a sane person yes, uh, yes. installs their toilet paper. <laughs> Makes me think also of uh, maybe someone at the beach, and you see them, and they're beet red, and they are without their shirt on, and it's like they didn't learn their lesson. Like, uh, you, you, you forgot to apply sunscreen the first day, and now you're doubling down by keeping your shirt off, even though you already look like a lot. How do they not know that sunscreen works magic? It'll save your booty. And uh, same with a t-shirt, I guess, when you're already red. Mm-hmm. But in, and just like there are ways to screw up your beach trip and your everyday bathroom trips, you, you can screw up majorly <laughs> when, when you're quitting a job. And so quitting poorly just really can have long-term ramifications. But so can quitting a job the right way. It, it can actually be a boost to your career. And it might seem weird maybe to dedicate a whole episode to this. But trust us, there's a lot to to unpack like yeah quitting is it's a it's a complex topic yeah and part of the reason that we believe that this topic is important to cover is because more employees and more workers are quitting than ever before we're still experiencing the great resignation which started uh, back in the spring of last year but there's a chance that you may have even been part of the big quit yourself uh, but if you weren't you might be thinking to yourself that this this is a fantastic time <laughs> to make the most of a vigorous job market uh, and so 
you might be parting ways with your employer soon. And we want to make sure that you do it the right way. Because, you know, let's be honest, the stakes are are pretty low when it comes to which way you put your toilet paper on the uh, toilet paper roll. The stakes are going to be much higher if you handle your job quitting poorly. Yeah. Well, I will say the stakes are high if I come over to your house and I find your toilet paper on the wrong way because... Joel just trashes the I'm not going to be your friend anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It annoys me. Well, uh, but let's talk about the why too here because part of the discussion we need to talk about is is why you're wanting to quit in the first place. And statistics show that switching jobs is the best way to earn more money. This show is called How to Money, so people obviously want to know more about that side of the equation. That's our main angle. That's right, dude. <laughs> Saving more, earning more, exactly. And and the the average job. Let's just talk about the emotional components. <laughs> How it's going to make you feel? Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about our feelings the whole time. Actually, we will talk about that the comes feel- into play. Our feelings some a little bit because that is important. Well, I think it's it's very important, and we need to discuss that too. But but when it comes to compensation, the average wage jump is is almost fifteen percent higher when you switch jobs. That's that's on average. And when you opt to stay with your current employer, the average wage increase is closer to 5%. So you're making more money with every paycheck. It's a great thing because you're going to be able to reach your financial goals more quickly. But like you said, Matt, it's it's important to think about other factors too. One of the other factors, specifically in in the money uh, in the context of money, is to be sure to factor in your total compensation, not just the headline salary number. I think sometimes people think just about, well, am I going to get a twenty thousand dollar boost in pay? But you're missing out maybe on some of the other benefits that your current employer offers that might actually put those salaries more in line with each other. So we we want to make sure that you hear us clear, clearly. Quitting isn't an inherently bad thing, but even good things can be done badly. And especially when money and benefits are on the line, we want to make sure that you're not screwing it up. Yeah. And before we go any further, let's go ahead and kind of touch on emotions a little bit, because what it makes me think about are you're the past- always doing the emotional side of things. <laughs> no, it's, it is important to be well-rounded here, uh, because look, just think about what we've lived through over the past two years, right? Like that it has had a significant impact on all areas of our lives, including our work lives. And so it makes sense that COVID uh, and its disruption effects that it might lead folks to make some different choices. Uh, But it is also important to avoid emotional decision making because changing jobs, it can be a wonderful thing, but the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's it's easy to think that though, when your emotions are in charge, you know, considering that I think for most people, the fact that the pandemic is behind us, like that the worst might be behind us, that is encouraging because I think that means we might be able to make decisions uh, with a more level head as opposed to feeling like that we might be making decisions based on emotions. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to what it looked like when our kids were virtual schooling or learning at home. We couldn't visit our friends. Or not learning at home or, in some or cases. Exactly. <laughs> just pitch and fits and, and refusing to get on the computers. And, and look, we couldn't travel. There were so many things that we couldn't do that I, I know personally it was difficult. Kate and I, we were thinking about making some significant changes to our lives, but we recognized recognize that, you know what, I don't think this is the best time to make a major significant disruptive change like this in our lives while we are currently in the midst of something that feels incredibly disruptive. Yeah, sometimes right in the middle of a stressful situation, you will choose to do something that is not in your long-term best interest because you just got to get get out of that situation. It's like yeah. fight or flight, right? Exactly. And, and, and interestingly enough, Matt, one survey showed that three quarters of folks who changed jobs during the pandemic have admitted feeling surprise or regret. 
and basically I think what they found out was maybe their new employer overpromised and underdelivered. That, that was the case for a lot of folks where it certainly seemed like they were jumping ship to to sunnier skies and in reality the job the work environment wasn't like they wanted it to mm-hmm. be and so they're just not as happy as they thought they were going to be after moving on from their old employer and then there was this article published in the Wall Street Journal last week about what they're calling boomerang hiring and uh, it turns out a lot of employees who left in a hurry they're finding themselves unhappy in a new role with another company and so they're, they're like asking for their old jobs back many have only been in their new role for three four or five months and they're re-interviewing with their old company they're going back to an old position or to a new position that's been created for them um, at their old employer and so it's just important all that stuff kind of goes in and it makes me think that it's important to be quitting for the right reasons that is what's going to help minimize regret you don't want to like you said Matt be making an emotional knee-jerk decision because I think that's going to have the most significant potential for uh, a lot of regret. Yeah, not only is it important to make sure that you're quitting the right way, but that you're doing it for the right reasons. Okay, so let's talk about what you can do if you are thinking about quitting. If you love your job, but low pay is the main reason for leaving, it's worth having that conversation before you know you show up and slap down your two-week notice. Uh, your manager or your boss might have a lot of leeway to provide a meaningful pay increase right now, but only if you ask them. And so quitting in order to get paid more, it's, it is a legitimate reason to move on. You know, if you can get paid 15, 20% more with another company, leaving might be the right course of action. But if you love your current employer and you're realizing that, oh, you know what, the, the only thing that's really causing me to look elsewhere is the pay, then give them a shot at keeping you with a salary increase. Don't leave without at least asking for, for higher pay. Uh, and the same thing can be true too, not just for, for pay, but maybe it's just some different opportunities that you're looking for. Or maybe you're looking for a different role within that company. Assuming that it's a great company that, that you enjoy working for, make sure that you don't leave without having that conversation. Yeah, it makes me think of, like, let's say you left your partner because they put their toilet paper on the wrong side <laughs> of the role. Like they were doing it incorrectly and you never even had the conversation. Grounds for divorce. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> no, 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 wait. If they're perfect in every other way, have the conversation because it's it's one of those things that can get worked out, right? You don't yeah. want to leave over something like that. Well, that's the thing too with the pandemic. Granted, it's a big deal, but you still don't want to <laughs> leave over something like that. Like, again, as I think over, think through the past two years, I do think that we have stopped making forward progress in how well that we're able to communicate with, with other folks, especially in person. Because, I mean, so many folks are, are working from home. They are interacting with their bosses and their coworkers digitally. And sometimes you do need that face-to-face. Yeah. Agreed. All right, let's talk about flexibility too, because that's that's another reason that folks might consider leaving their job. Work from home is is obviously one of the things that people want a whole lot of. And so if your company has called you back into the office, but you've gotten used to not coming in, to, to not commuting, I, I guess I get the distaste for being back in the office full time. Like we talked about recently, there, there are some perks for going back into the office, especially for folks who are earlier on in their careers. That's right. And for lots of jobs, it's it's just it's just so much easier to advance in your career if you're around your coworkers, if you're kind of immersed in the company culture and the, the psychological impacts of being seen at your job. They're actually bigger than you think. Yeah, I think sometimes I think people massive. people think that they can uh, progress at the same route in their career, that the same at the same speed, being at home full time. And I just don't think that's the case for most people in most companies. Well, and even just like individual well being, right? Like, I mean, aside from progression and advancements in your career, just the like you said, like the ability to be seen. What I see there is a more personal, sort of deeper human level of understanding. Yeah. When when you're able to see somebody and appreciate the you know the work that they're doing, when you can appreciate them as a human being. 
that's something that is also easier to be done in person than digitally. Yeah, I think full-time work from home has made a ton of sense for a large chunk of this time that we've had it because it has helped curb the spread of a virus. But I do think as things are getting back to normal, there are a lot of plus sides to being back in the that's office right. for people. And, and you know, maybe you just really do hate that commute though. Like if it's the case that you still don't want to return to the office at all, then be sure to talk with your manager or your boss to see if there's some sort of middle ground that you guys can hammer out. Just start the conversation because that's another thing where you don't want to quit without having the convo. There's a chance that these rules aren't hard and fast, that they're based on your specific situation and the value you bring to the company, the value you bring to the table, that your employer is willing to offer a workaround for the schedule that you need to keep. And so these are conversations that are worth broaching. It's not it's not worth leaving in a huff just because the mandate from on high isn't conducive to the way you want and need to work. That's right. So let's talk about networking here for a second, because even if you're not looking to quit, having a robust professional network is always important to do. A friend of the show, Jordan Harbinger, he calls this digging the well before you're thirsty. And so you want to have those contacts. You want to have those relationships in place before you need them. Makes me think of the show alone. We've talked about this here on the show before. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's where they get dropped off. And uh, it's really beautiful. A lot of times it's, it's remote. So you're just like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. This is amazing. And oftentimes the weather is nice. But if you enjoy the scenery, maybe a little too long, you put off building a solid shelter, you put off finding a way to uh, procure some food, (laughs) then you are going to be too malnourished. You're going to be too cold to be able to build it when you need to build that shelter. That's right. In a similar way, having a robust network of friends in the industry is massively important. And I'm not just talking about folks who you think can do something for you in the here and now. Looking to help others is also an important piece of the networking puzzle. You never know when that intern's going to become your boss. Right. Well, and don't only look to like the long term when it might come full circle, but even just looking to some of the different ways that you can assist somebody, where you can help somebody advance in their career uh, is just something good to do in and of itself. Yeah, networking is, I think networking is a lot of fun. Just kind of getting to know other people. You're a social dude. Yeah, yeah. I just enjoy <laughs> it anyway. I love meeting people of all sorts of different backgrounds and interests, but, and it can be potentially helpful to you in the future. But more than anything, I just think of it as a good time, as an enjoyable thing to do. Yeah, in and, and of and itself. To, yeah, and to be able to help other people is something we need more of in the world. We need more people not networking just to further their own careers, right. but to really um, seek to make all of us better. Yeah, just to, to not be a jerk. <laughs> this, <laughs> yes. is, this is more than not just being a jerk. It's like, okay, how can I actually be a kind and helping person? Yes, exactly. All right, well, Matt, we've got more to get to about quitting and doing it the right way. And specifically, there are a bunch of financial things you need to consider before you quit your job. Like, how do you think about those benefits? How do you ensure you get the most out of them before you actually walk out the door? We'll talk about that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? 
Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right. We are back from the break. We're talking about quitting your job the right way. And so it's obviously it's, it's crucial to assess why it is that you're quitting in order to make sure that you're making a de- good decision. We talked about that earlier on. Uh, as we said, moving on to a new job that can lead to a massive salary bump, which can make a big difference, not only in month to month, but also over the years uh, where you're able to impact your ability to build wealth. Uh, but it's important to have your personal finances in solid shape before you take a leap. And the most important part of that equation, having a robust emergency fund that gives you uh, the financial ability to weather a period of unemployment if you're quitting without knowing where you're going. So what we're talking about here isn't gear one, that $2,467 of emergency fund, but you probably want to have something a little more solid, something more in that three to six months uh, worth of expenses range. And that's what's 
so interesting about this too, because depending on your lifestyle, it's this is an incredibly customizable number. It all depends on how it is uh, that you live your life. It all depends on the expenses that you have coming out of your budget every single month. Yeah, and one of the ways to make that money extend a little bit further in your emergency fund is to actually change your budget from the normal budget you use every single month to what we call a bare bones budget. And that's something we want you to kind of figure out ahead of time so that you can instantly cut back if need be, uh, if you end up leaving a job and you don't necessarily have a new one yet. Having a bare bones budget on hand can be really helpful because it can help you stretch those dollars even further, help you get more months out of your emergency fund if need be. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think about when your computer, when you start it up and it's kind of crashing or whatever, and it starts up in safe mode uh-huh. or, or recovery mode or something like that. It's like you, you may not be able to do all the things that you're able to do before, but it is going to allow you to do the bare essentials. And yes. that's, that's what we're looking for with the bare bones budget. That's exactly what we want. That's exactly what we want is we want people to have the safety, the certainty of knowing that they can dial back their expenses. Like shelter, yeah. food, yeah, clothing. You're, you've already got that. You don't need to buy new clothes. Right. Yeah, you can cut those <laughs> streaming subscription services. There are all sorts of discretionary things that you can take out of your budget to make sure that your money is going to be there for things like the the shelter <laughs> and the transportation, right, that you're going to need to keep on hand. Yeah, but we would prefer for you to have a place to land figured out before you quit your job. Of course, it's always nice to keep the, the steady stream of paychecks coming in, but we realize that's not always possible. But not only is it important to consider your salary, uh, but you also need to look at the other, other benefits that you're leaving behind, Joel, like you alluded to. Uh, specifically, one of the ones I'm thinking of is the FSA, the Flexible Spending Account. So this is money that you've already socked away, so make sure that you spend it before it straight up evaporates and disappears. This is one of those use it or lose it scenarios. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the cool thing with FSAs is that you can use the full amount that you've elected, even if you haven't actually put all that money in yet. So keep that in mind. But you can spend this FSA money on things like sunglasses or sunscreen, uh, like you talked about at the beginning. (laughs) You don't want to get sunburned at the beach. uh, Or just like over-the-counter medications. These are all common ways to spend down some of those dollars. Bottom line, you want to avoid, like as we're talking about about benefits, you want to make sure that you're not leaving this, essentially the stash of money, the stash of benefits at your old employer uh, before you move on. Yeah. It's, It's money that you have a right to and you should spend, even if you have that 47 bottles of ibuprofen in in the the closet it's used that good for like a decade yeah that's right that's right and you can you know give it away for christmas presents this year if you want <laughs> and so uh yeah one other benefit you're going to want to pay attention to before you pull the trigger and leave your job is your 401k and especially if you have taken out a loan from your 401k because quitting is going to impact you even more acutely we're we're not big fans of taking a loan out from your retirement account, although it does make sense in some cases. But uh, getting let go or quitting is where that loan becomes a real problem. Mm -hmm. And that's because if you don't pay that loan back in a timely manner, usually uh, 45 to 60 days, so you got to figure stuff out quick, you will be taxed on the outstanding balance of that loan as income. And in addition to that, you're going to owe a 10% penalty if you're under the age of 59 and a half. And that can put you in a tough position come tax time. So if you've got a 401k loan, it's it's crucial to figure out how you can pay that back before you quit. It's not just losing the ability, uh, the match from your employer and the ability to contribute to your retirement accounts. If you have a loan, this can uh, lead to severe financial consequences if you can't pay it back before you leave. 
That's right. But the good thing about 401k loans is that you're just paying yourself back. You're paying yourself interest, but we're not going to dive into all the 401k loan nuances right now on this episode. Still, you know, you're missing out on growth in the market, time in the market. That's right. Another benefit to keep in mind is vacation days. You're going to want to make sure that you are uh, able to take all of your vacation or your personal days that you have accrued at your employer over the years. Uh, You want to plan your exit so that you don't waste this valuable benefit. Uh, Some of those days could even be used during your new job hunt. Or if you realize that you're not going to be able to use them, uh, try and see if your employer will pay you for those unused days. Keep in mind, though, all companies are different, so it is important to know the policy. So, for instance, there might be a cap on the number of days that they'll actually pay for, but you want to know what these policies are and then act accordingly. Yeah, and if you have a timeline, if you're not like, man, I got to quit next week, <laughs> if, you're, if you're saying... I want to quit six months from now and I want to be looking that, that that time horizon gives you just a better understanding of how to utilize these benefits. You won't necessarily have to get 47 bottles of ibuprofen or, or take all your vacation in a two week span right before you leave. Like you can start to space those things out, spread it all out. That's right. Friday's off for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking to my mom about right now. Cause she's on the verge of retiring and she's got all this vacation time built up and they'll pay her for some, but I'm also like, why don't you take some of those days now too? Yeah. So uh, b- because, life. because she's got that timeline and she knows, knows planning into the future when she wants to leave, that's going to help her do it well. Is she still thinking, well, what if I get sick? And she, is she still kind of wanting to stockpile some of those pay time off I think days? so a little bit, yeah. but there's also, it's also nice to know, and not every employer does this, like you said, Matt, that she will get paid for some of those days yeah. when she leaves if she hasn't used exactly. them. And so uh, another benefit that people have to think about besides vacation days and their 401k is insurance. Like, what are you going to do for health insurance? And if you're quitting and you don't have another job lined up, this can become a problem. It's a huge deal. Yeah. You want to make sure you've got it figured out and that you're not flying by the seat of your pants. Uh, try, you know, the, the Monday after you're done with work, trying to figure out, well, how am I going to do this health insurance thing? Better be popping that vitamin C, <laughs> <laughs> staying healthy. But for real, this is a big deal. The bankruptcy because of medical costs are the number one reason for bankruptcy for individuals. That's right. And, and maybe... You can go on your partner's insurance plan. That'd be great. Maybe you can sign up for coverage with a health sharing company. You know, we've got an article that we'll put in the show notes about that. Matt and I both have health sharing plans for our families. You could also look on the exchange, the healthcare exchange, to see what you qualify for. And the good news is that you can sign up for a plan on healthcare.gov if you lost health insurance from your employer, even if it's because you decided to quit. And so rates are actually reasonable for a lot of folks, thanks to massive federal subsidies. So this is one of the things where you have a few places that you can look, where you can turn, but it's something you want to have researched and you want to know what you're going to do for health coverage before you leave. You don't, don't want to be left without coverage because that can put you in a bind. Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely a- don't uh, leave without health coverage and go skydiving before you figure that out. <laughs> That's right. Well, as we're talking about insurance, something you know, this doesn't feel quite as pressing, but it's still important to have, uh, and that is your own life insurance policy. The, the reason is because what you likely have through your work is that, it, that it's not enough. Uh, and so it's time to get your own term policy by shopping on the open market. Speaking of articles, we've got another article that we'll link to in the show notes that will explain to you everything you need to know about signing up for your own policy. And by the way, do not let the fear of what this is going to cost you keep you from seeing what life insurance is going to cost you, yeah. because it is way more affordable than you think, especially if you're young and you're healthy. Uh, this is something that, that might cost you in the range of like 30 bucks a month. Yeah, sometimes even less, right? It could yeah. be closer to a Netflix subscription. And and it, that is an important thing to mention, Matt, because even folks who are listening who have a job and they're like, I've got life insurance through my employer. 
I, I don't need another policy. Well, actually, that's not true. You in all likelihood do because most employers offer you something like one times your salary uh, in free life insurance, and that's not going to be enough for you. And so you want to have your own policy in addition to that. Let that be the cherry on top, but you want to have your own policy that goes with you wherever your job takes you, exactly. wherever you're working. Yeah. Um, and you hear us read for different uh, insurance ads, <laughs> <laughs> one in particular <laughs> that starts with policy, but we 100% believe it. This is, it really is important. And if somebody is out there, uh, someone in your family, and they depend on your income, you need to have a life insurance policy. And we talked about up. other places where you can get a life insurance policy too. Like exactly. uh, if you're a Costco member, that's a good place to check at the same time. Totally. So let's talk about transitioning too, Matt, because it's important to not leave those benefits behind completely when you decide to quit. Like th- this is just another reason to not peace out on some sort of emotional win. You want to have- Yeah, you want to uh, make that rational decision. That's right. You want to have knee-jerk. plans in place. And, and there's a lot of stuff you need to have figured out first before you walk out the door. And that just takes me back to having something else lined up before you put in your notice. I mean, right. that's that's the best course of action because maintaining your current job, it puts you in a stronger position as you're applying for other roles. You know, you, you don't have to jump at the first offer that comes your way because let's say, well, I've been unemployed now for two and a half months. I quit thinking it's going to be so easy to find the next thing. Sometimes even just onboarding to a new employer takes a while. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with a friend across the street and she is getting a new job, but lining up all the details is proving to take more time than she thought. And so her, her she's still got her job. She hasn't put in her notice yet. She's still waiting until they have an official offer signed. Did they ask her to mail a check to this uh, to this address? <laughs> or actually, did they send her a check for all of her new equipment? And, uh, and then they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we overpaid. Hey, no. uh, can you send us a check? This ain't like that. All right, no, no scams here <laughs> <laughs> with this with this new role. You want to avoid that job. Right. But the, the really, the best thing to do is to keep your job until you have something else lined up. And, and sometimes having that other job offer can actually result in something like a salary match from your current employer, giving you a big pay boost without even having to leave if you don't want to. And of course, another benefit to keeping your job while you're looking is that it helps you avoid a gap in your resume. It's not the worst thing in the world. I think especially these days with COVID and stuff, employers don't seem to care as much that maybe you took a couple of months off. Yeah, it's becoming a bit more acceptable. Yes, for sure. agreed. But still, it's one of those things that you can avoid. And it's also just going to mean consistency of income. Like you're not losing any mm-hmm. paycheck weeks as long as you're waiting to quit your job until you've got a new one in hand. That's right, man. It is a little different though if you're leaving your current job, your current employer for a side hustle that might be becoming a little more self-sustaining. Uh, you still want to leave on good terms, of course. Uh, for instance, that side hustle, that might fizzle out and your old employer might be your best bet for steady employment like, yeah. we, like we talked about, yeah. like that boomerang employment. And if you, <laughs> if you walked out with two birds up in the air, they're not going to want you back. They're going to be like, mm, I'm sorry, uh, you, no place for you here. But it is important to note that entrepreneurship it's a great reason to leave a job. And this is exactly what more folks are doing these days. They haven't been quitting in order to just sit on the couch or to, to live that hashtag van life <laughs> for the most part. They're leaving to go out on their own. And so if you're leaving to start your own thing, more power to you. Just make sure that you've got a proven business model. You've got money in the bank before you leave that steady paycheck behind. Yeah, you you I, I like what you said, a proven business model. You want to make sure that your side hustle is not just pie in the sky. Like I have projections that <laughs> in the next six months, I'm going to be able to live uh, and to feed my family and to pay all my bills based on the trajectory of the profit increases I'm seeing. You kind of want to get 
to that point before you pull the trigger. And I know it can be tough to, to balance both things, your day job and your side hustle for an extended period of time. But I think it's worth it. And it's it's going to allow you to, to quit with more financial security, right? Without having to worry while you're making income from both ventures, you can sock more money away to give you extra breathing room when you do finally quit your job. I think that's, I think it's great advice. I think also pursuing that side hustle and trying to strike it out on your own is something, is something we want to encourage people to think about. We think there is a whole lot to be said for starting your own business and making that your main thing. Actually, we're going to talk about that next week on the show, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. right. So we have talked through some of the different tangible, hard specifics to to consider, some of the the numbers and how you need to keep your salary in mind. But after the break, we're going to talk about some of the more relational, some of the more social implications of quitting your job the right way. And we'll get to that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt, we are back. We are still talking about quitting your job, doing it the right way. We're still talking and we're still enjoying our beer. We talk and drink beer a lot. <laughs> and one of the things actually we'll get to in, in this section of the show is how you can maybe get paid to quit. So that's interesting. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But yeah, we were just talking through salary and the specific benefits that you want to consider before you quit. You want to make sure you don't leave money on the table or mm-hmm. leave those vacation days on the table. And then right before the break, we discussed how to bridge the gap from one job to another. And how to transition well, basically. Right. So let's continue on that thread and talk about giving your notice because you don't want to just not show up for work one day. This actually uh, reminds me of a job I had. I think one of my favorite jobs your, of all time. Your favorite job was working at the photo lab, right? This, this is at a close second. But yeah, the Eckerd Photo Lab was, was my favorite favorite job ever. And I worked there with my buddy Caleb. And he actually uh, quit in a really interesting way. He just left a note under the photo scanner for <laughs> the manager who came in the next morning saying, I'm never coming back. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, quitting in that way isn't going to endear you to anyone. And in fact, that's potentially the worst way you can quit. I guess when you're yeah. when you're 18 years old, it's not as big of a deal. It doesn't <laughs> impact your career long term. Probably doesn't matter as much. Although I would say, I think like stealing from the company, embezzling funds, that might be the worst that's way to true. quit. That's true. Like, By the way, I stole all this money. Good luck tracing it because I've got Swiss bank accounts. And it doesn't have as much <laughs> flair though as, as like the, uh, the the flight attendant you know, with, the, with the two beers. Uh, that's still my favorite. But yeah, doing something like this, pulling a stunt like this can potentially haunt you for years in more of a career type environment, just not showing up, not giving a reasonable notice. You're just showing a lack of respect for your coworkers and for your bosses. Again, so much of this is about not being a jerk. And so when it comes to just giving a notice, you know, it depends on your industry or your employer or, or even the specific role that you play at the company. While keeping all of those things in mind, you want to give the appropriate length of time as a heads up. Of course, two weeks, that's the standard length of time that you'll read in any article. And I know that you can't always do this when quitting, but if you can actually offer more than two weeks, that can actually reflect really well on you. Now, obviously, if you've got a new position already lined up that you're transitioning to, that might become uh, a basic impossibility because they're like, hey, you got to start <laughs> start on X day. Yeah. And in that case, you're going to have to get out of there maybe sooner than later. But those are the kind of gestures that go a really long way in keeping that network intact. We, you know, we touched on this. We kind of keep coming back to relationships because it's such an important part of your career of working. For instance, it makes me think about helping to finish an important report or like spending a week or even two weeks training your replacement. These are the kind of things that will be remembered because you never know like when that boss or when that coworker might reach back out with an even better offer in the future. Uh, but that only is going to happen if you do a good job departing. Yeah, I completely agree. And and staying in touch even with former coworkers or former bosses 
those can provide excellent opportunities for you in the future too. Instead of treating those people merely as colleagues, treating them as friends who you stay in touch with can be helpful from a career perspective. And man, it just makes me think actually, I've got had multiple opportunities recently from old coworkers just because I stayed in touch and just because we remain friendly. Even just an old coworker who said, hey, do you need some baby clothes for your two and a half year old? My boy's four now and like I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll drop him off on your porch. It's just even little stuff like that. Like that's a minor thing. That's small in the grand scheme of things. But maintaining those relationships, you never know where it's going to take you or what sort of opportunity might come your way because you not only left on good terms, but you've remained friendly with those folks and you stay in touch. So it's one of those things, yeah, like Jordan Harbinger says, like uh, dig the well before you're thirsty. Well, maintain those friendships even uh, without expecting anything in return, but just knowing that it's the right thing to do and who knows what the result of that could be. That's true, dude. It also makes me think how it might be more difficult for introverts to maintain this when relationships might be more taxing <laughs> on them and, and like in your energy. And so I guess what, I, what I'm saying is if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, easy for you to say, Joel, that, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep in touch with 25 different people who I'm not going to see anytime soon. <laughs> it is easier for me to say. I'll it is. Honest, yeah. But but that being said, it doesn't mean it's not any less important if you're listening and you're an introvert. And so I think there are ways that you can approach this maybe more systematically, even yeah. if it's just a calendar reminder or something where that reminds you to go back and just shoot a quick message, uh, whether it be a text or an email, to touch base with folks. I think that can be a way that you can keep in touch with some of these folks without it filling up your calendar and feeling like you, you have no time to yourself if you're an introvert. And so as we're talking about communication, in particular with your employer, hopefully your company has a policy in place where they solicit your feedback uh, once you've decided to move on. And so it makes me think like there are, there are two paths that you can take when it comes to leaving uh, a previous employer. You can, so on one hand, you can slam the door, you can storm out of there in a huff, calling out everything wrong with the company, with the leadership, with your direct supervisors. Whilst drinking two beers. (laughs) You can even talk smack about Toby in uh, in (laughs) HR. Uh, He's the worst. Or you could potentially take the, like more of the apathetic route, right? Where you fail to address any of the issues that the company might be facing. You're being nice, but you avoid any difficult conversations. We don't like either one of those routes. Uh, We think that honesty is, it truly is the best policy. But there's also a way to be honest without pissing people off, right? (laughs) Like without being a jerk. So much of this discussion today is about just not being a jerk. (laughs) And so keep in mind that your honest feedback, that it could actually help your former employer uh, as you head for the exit. But, you know, remember that there's a kind way to give that honest feedback. Yes. And that is a skill that's important to learn, right? It's that emotional intelligence, I guess, is what that's called. Yeah. Just avoid any statement that says, you always do this. (laughs) (laughs) That should should be a red flag that what you're saying may not be true. You know, and avoid that in your personal relationships, too, and your, you know, with your partner. All sorts of uh, relational advice coming from (laughs) the guys that had money today. Right. And, yeah, continuing on the networking theme, Matt, we've given a lot of advice in this episode, but I don't think there's any anything more important than maybe this one phrase, which is to not burn bridges. Yeah, yeah that's it, basically what we're saying but, here. <laughs> but right now, I feel like it's so common to actually take the opposite tack. There are so many, I quit on social media videos. It, it's a terrible trend that we, I don't we like seeing. We, we talked about quit talk. Yeah. <laughs> the quit talk videos. Well, people are like, here's why I quit. It's the worst. And they're throwing people under the bus on their way out the door. And you, you know, we started off by talking about networking, how important it is and how it can't be overstated. And you know, they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's who you know. I think it's who you have a good relationship with, right? And according to HubSpot, 85% of jobs 
are found through networking. And then CNBC actually reports that 70% of jobs never even get posted to some sort of job site. And, and that means that they don't necessarily go, this job isn't going to the best candidate out there. There aren't even multiple candidates in many of these scenarios. This job was created for a specific person because of their abilities and because of their connections. And so that's just so important. These numbers reflect the truth that your career is as powerful as your network is and and how well-maintained that network is. And you might find a job that's not even posted purely because of the people you know and who you have good friendships with. And so when it comes to networking, like you've got to get to know, I would say, a wide variety of other folks in your industry and build close relationships with the people that you work in close contact with if you want a shot at bigger opportunities in the future. Yeah, it's like a personal marketing plan, <laughs> basically. It's like outreach to those around you. Not only are you focusing on like the work that you're doing, but you're talking, you're, you're kind of looking at the marketing. You're looking at the PR. It's the it's your personal advertising to a certain extent. That's right. And sometimes you think, well, I'm gonna let my work speak for itself. And well, I get that sentiment. If I just, you know, put my nose to the grindstone, if I put out excellent, excellent work, people will notice it and I will go far. There's some truth to that, but you're missing a wider spectrum of what is also truth. And that is that the people that you know and the people you maintain good relationships with will want to work with you, will want to suggest you uh, for future opportunities to other people that you don't even know, uh, in large part because of the relationship they have with you, not just based on the work that you do. That's right. Let's let's talk about getting paid to quit. This is one other thing that's important to mention when it comes to quitting your job. And this might sound weird, but you know, can you engineer your own layoff? The great thing about getting laid off here is that there are often meaningful perks involved. Uh, namely, what we're talking about here is severance pay. Sam Dogan, who writes at Financial Samurai, he has written in depth about this topic. But there's often a way to create uh, what's considered like a win-win situation when you have to leave your employer. Uh, Sam says that people quit because they're too scared to negotiate. And I'm not totally sure if I agree 100% with that uh, because it doesn't necessarily make sense in every situation. But if you can tell that your company is looking to downsize uh, or that by cutting payroll that that would make your boss look good, don't just quit. This is a way that you can negotiate an exit that helps you both out. And it makes me think of a friend of ours, Joel, uh, and she was working for Delta for years and mm-hmm. years. And back you know, in 2020, things weren't looking so great for the airlines. Why was that, man? I don't remember. <laughs> and by the end of 2020, Delta was able to get over 18,000 employees to voluntarily retire early, essentially, <laughs> with early retirement packages, with buybacks. Uh, and so I think from an employee standpoint, you think, Oh, <laughs> holy cow. I feel like I'm totally taking advantage of them. This almost seems too good to be true. I think in her pay, in her case, she was getting paid close to a year uh, in order to, to leave the company. But when you look at it from the point of view of the employer, this was a smart move for them. This was a way for them to stay solvent, for exactly. them to not file bankruptcy. And so in that case, this truly was a win-win scenario. And so keep that in mind if you are in a situation like this where your company might be experiencing some issues like this. If you offer to pay me for a year to leave, I will be devastated because uh, how to money is my life, Matthew. Don't do it, okay? But I jest. That's that's obviously yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I did actually negotiate a severance package, Matt, on my way out of the radio station a couple of years ago. And it was one of those things where, similarly to what you were saying, it was an industry in decline and they were letting people go. And so I volunteered myself. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> I do. I'm, if, you, if it saves somebody else and you're going to pay me to leave, like I'm more than happy to do it. And so that's how it went down. It was one of those things where it, it, it was 
the the term you used was engineering your own layoff and that's exactly exactly what I did and and of course it was beneficial to me as I was making the transition here but I think it was beneficial to other people at the radio station too it really was one of those win-win scenarios made me think about this as you're talking about how how to money is your life <laughs> uh, work is great but you know, it, it is not the end-all be-all whoa 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 how to money <laughs> oh. is the end-all be-all I feel like we take a very healthy, uh, nuanced approach when it comes to how it is that we view work. Yeah. Uh, but overwork, like that is a real thing and it's not good. It's happening more often. Uh, we, we talked about Scott Kais uh, a couple weeks ago about the lack of vacations that folks were taking. That is not good. It makes me think of a piece that Derek Thompson wrote over in The Atlantic a few years ago. He, he talks about how work is morphing into something that looks more like religious identity for, for most folks as opposed to just a job. And the problem is that work it can't satisfy all of our human longings, but it does feel like that we're expecting it to these days, right? Uh, and so, like, I think one of the answers is perhaps to be a little more introspective, like take some time and to think about why, what it, what it is that you get from your work, why it is that you're doing the things that you do. And I do think that a lot of folks did that over the past couple of years. I think that's mm-hmm. what, what's led to the great resignation, to a the realignment of priorities. Exactly. There's been this sea change that we've seen within many people's careers. Uh, and oftentimes that does lead to a new job. But what we don't want to see you do is to is to see a new job as just as a distraction. We don't want it to be this knee-jerk reaction because in that case, you're not actually getting down to the root of the problem. You're just reflexively reacting to things as opposed to being more introspective, really thinking about what it is that you're trying to, to seek after. Because if you just hop from one job to the next, like essentially you're just going to hop from your old crappy job to a new crappy yeah. job. Exactly. If you're not <laughs> That will eventually become your old crappy job yet again. Yes, if you're not giving it enough thought. And then at some point too, by the third or fourth time you do that, it makes you less desirable on the job market. If you're quitting jobs every five, six, eight, nine months, and you're doing it consistently in order to score more pay or something like that, and then you want to eventually get the job of your dreams, well, they might not be interested in hiring you if you've moved on too frequently, if you haven't shown any commitment to the employers where where you work. And so I think that's an important thing to note too. So really when it comes down to it, quit well, don't leave money or benefits on the table. Those are important things to do. If you're planning on quitting, plan ahead. And then don't be a jerk in the whole process, Matt. That's what you've said. Don't be a jerk. Many times. And I think you're, <laughs> you're spot on. There is a way to quit uh, poorly and publicize it all over the, the internets. And there is a way to quit well and to do it with honor in a way that actually ends up boosting your career in the future. Do it with honor. That sounds like uh, something a samurai would say. That's right. Honor, integrity, <laughs> doing it the right way, treating people right on, on your way out and, and not throwing people on under the bus when you do. Just don't commit Harry Carey and follow your own sword. <laughs> right. uh, all right, let's uh, shift gears and get back to the beer that you and I enjoyed during this episode. This was Bumblestick by Bramari Brewing. This is a brewery up in Asheville, North Carolina. We've had a few other beers before, but what were your thoughts on this nut brown ale, Joel? With toasted cinnamon, Matthew. Oh, yeah. So I would say it was heavy on the cinnamon. Maybe Maybe even a bit too heavy. But, oh, you think uh, so? I, I think it was. Uh, it had a lot. It almost made me sneeze. Maybe one uh, when I was drinking it. But I, I, really... I did sneeze. I did that triple sneeze in the middle of the episode. <laughs> we uh, we cut that out yeah. so you wouldn't you wouldn't hear that. That's but right. See if you can listen back and figure out when it is that I came back in with a fresh sneeze voice. <laughs> nobody nobody wants to hear that no, sneeze yeah, in their ears. Nobody wants that. But I I really like Bramari beers. I think they make some good stuff. This one was not my favorite because I thought it was a little too cinnamon heavy, and I I really like cinnamon actually, but I. I like a good nut brown ale. It's one of those things. It's it's kind of uh, a beer style that not many folks are producing. And I thought this was a, a decent take on a beer variety that not enough people pay attention to. 
Yeah, the only other drink that I infrequently enjoy is horchata. And this kind of reminds me of horchata, you know, like where you're tasting that cinnamon within, uh-huh. a, within a drink. Or maybe, honestly, it kind of takes me back to, so similar to horchata, I guess, makes me think of slurping down the milk after you finish eating the uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. You know what I saw the other day on the aisle in, in the grocery store? I do not. They have cinnamon toast crunch in the spice aisle. Like uh, you can get the flavoring like for cinnamon spa- toast crunch. Uh, a spice? A standalone yes. spice? Yes. Like next to the pepper and stuff, man. It's crazy. <laughs> so basically it's cinnamon and sugar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So silly. People just need to buy cinnamon and sugar. Yes. But uh, whatever Put it together does, your own self. Nostalgia is a powerful drug, that's for sure. But I wanted to, to recommend just brown ales in general. If you're out there and you're thinking, man, what are these guys talking about with all their different craft beers? I think brown ales are a great introduction into the craft beer world because they're very easy to drink. And specifically, if you find yourself enjoying coffee, maybe you like one sugar and a little bit of cream, really easy to drink. That's how I think about brown ales. They're not overly dark and espresso-like in the way that you would find like a Russian Imperial Stout, but they're also not overly kind of bitter and tanniny when it comes to like some of the different West Coast IPAs and all the different flavors that they introduce. It's just a very approachable beer. Can I say the most classic nut brown ale uh, that out there is probably the Rogue Hazelnut Brown. Oh, okay. And that's probably available in almost every state, I would think. I was going to say the most classic brown ale, generally speaking, is new, just Newcastle. Oh, yeah, Did you Newcastle. ever drink Newcastle? But back that's, in the day? That's, I, I don't know if I'd consider that a craft beer. No, it do, it's it's pretty large. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's decent. But if you want something like good, a little more refined, but still like really really accessible, that that rogue hazelnut brown is a great that's beer. True. And why we haven't really had any rogues on why the show? Why haven't we? I don't know. We, we need, need to. we need to remedy that here in it. a few weeks. Let's throw down a bunch of rogues. But this beer, you can find a picture of it on our website at howtomoney.com within our show notes for this episode. Uh, and we will make sure to link to any of the different resources that we mentioned as well. Yeah. By the way, if you've been listening for a little while and you have not yet left a review for this show, we would appreciate it if you would do that really quickly. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a quick rating and review. That helps other people find out more about the show. Same on Spotify. If that's where you listen, that's just a rating. And that takes less Super than two seconds. Super easy. Yeah. yeah, you can definitely do that for thank, us. Thank you in advance for your help with that. And, and Joe will write you a handwritten note uh, <laughs> for everyone who does. I might. Pers- personalized. I will send you the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Spice uh, in the mail for <laughs> your uh, contributions. Well, not the whole thing, but you can sprinkle some on the letter. Sprinkle some on the letter? Yeah, it's okay. like spraying it with perfume. I open it and start sneezing <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Who wrote this, a seven-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.